Blog Talk Radio. Conversations on the way. Uh, we get together on a regular basis here on the podcast to talk about things happening in and around the Viatorian community uh, at uh, different points all throughout the country and really uh, other countries as well as we've uh, ventured outside of our borders to talk to people in the uh, community. Hi, everyone. This is Jim Mitchell, and today we stay uh, local, at least for those of us in the uh, Arlington Heights area. Uh, as we welcome Brother Michael Gosh. Uh, many of you may know him. He's been a Viatorian since 1978. He has served as a social worker, school teacher, community leader. And in uh, well, about five years ago, he and Father Corey Brost uh, co-founded the Viator House of Hospitality. And I've got a great uh, recap and introduction here, but I'm going to skip that because I want, I want to talk to Brother Michael to learn from him about the House of Hospitality. Um, Brother Michael? Thanks so much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today, so thanks for the time. Uh, thanks, Jim, for the opportunity to share with folks about Vider House of Hospitality and um, the ministry of a company that we provide young folks. And it's it's really an incredible story and a very timely one. So give me top level. Let's start uh, kind of a broad view here. What What is the role of the Vider House of Hospitality? Okay. So when unaccompanied immigrant children come to the border on their own without adults um, seeking protection, seeking asylum, um, the Border Patrol then turns these young people over to the Department of Health and Human Services. And within that department, there's a program called the Office of Refugee Resettlement. And even though these kids are not designated as refugees, that's a whole different category, um, this office does uh, welcome them. And they are placed in youth shelters throughout the country. When the child turns 18, if that child does not have any sponsor, any family member, any friend, any organization that can bring the child um, home, then the child um, in the past has been handcuffed, patted down, and taken to adult detention in county jails oftentimes or uh, for-profit jail systems, prisons, jails. So um, Vider House steps in and says we will welcome these young people so january 17th 2017 um cory bros along with my community the viatorians opened up vider house so that these young people would have a place to go as an alternative to detention um so many interesting parts of what you describe and like many people i'm sure most of us don't really realize that process take me back first of all you mentioned uh, the word asylum, uh, seeking asylum. We hear that periodically in the news. Um, can you give us a description of what that means from a from a legal perspective, sure. what it is that these kids are seeking? Right. So you have refugees, right? And refugees are people who have already been vetted, usually in another country, um, uh, by the um, United Nations Office of High Commission of Refugees. They come to the United States with a host organization, an apartment, Um, They can apply for benefits right away, um, and they have people who will help them with schooling and education, et cetera. Asylum seekers, someone who has fled their country, and that's an important thing to remember, oftentimes people flee. They don't make this big decision, okay, in three weeks I'm going to plan to leave, but they flee. 
oftentimes persecution. In order to be granted asylum, you must prove that um, you are persecuted based on one of five areas, either your race, nationality, religion, political opinion, or membership in a social group. And from uh, that, what that could mean is perhaps if you are LGBTQ, you're a member of a special group, and if you're persecuted in your home country for that, you have grounds for seeking asylum. One of the young men who came to Vider House when we first opened, when I asked him why he was, came to this country, he said, back home in my village, they kill people like me. Um, he, being a young gay man, he felt that if he was going himself, um, he needed to flee. He needed to leave. And, and when we and there's so much of this we could talk about. I'm going to try and stay focused here today. But just briefly, uh, what, what countries are you seeing these young men come from? And in a nutshell, what, what is their travel like? I mean, they're not getting here right. easily. What, what does it entail for some of them to, to make it to our border? Right. So there's this misconception out there that most people come from Mexico or maybe from Central America. But we've had people come from 21 different countries. Um, we've had people come from Vietnam and China and Bangladesh, um, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, India. Um, we have people come from Africa, from Eritrea, from Somalia, um, from Ghana, from Guinea, from Senegal, from Mali, from Nigeria, from Niger. Um, we've had people come from Mexico, a few. Uh, we've had people come from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. So the people who are coming from Africa or from Asia, for many of them, not all of them, but for many of them, one way or another, they get themselves to Brazil because you, it's easy to get a visa to get into Brazil. Once you get into Brazil, they start the journey, oftentimes walking. So they go from Brazil to um, Peru, Peru to Ecuador, Ecuador to Chile, uh, to Colombia, and they go to the coast, usually to this town of Turbo, which is on the coast. They get into a boat many times without life jackets. Many of them don't know how to swim, and they sail under the cover of night to jungle that connects Colombia and Panama. That's called the Darien Gap. And for any listeners who want to learn more about the Darien Gap, D-A-R-I-E-N, there are YouTube videos um, about this horrendous journey. And they start walking through the jungle, and that's where many of them experience Death. They see people simply giving up. They see people falling off the mountain. They see people drowning as they're wading across the rivers. If they get through the Daring Gap, then they get into Panama. And from Panama, they go to Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, they go to Nicaragua. In Nicaragua, they go to Honduras. Honduras, they go to Guatemala. Guatemala, they go to Mexico. And then they come up to the border. And for many, it's a several-month journey um, as they, they find their way. Many are robbed along the way. Many of them try to find work along the way to find that, that next leg of their journey. Um, for the young men who are in Central America, it's basically walking here or taking a bus when they can um, up to the border and then requesting protection, requesting asylum. The, the journeys are fascinating, but, but uh, boy, I want to talk about what you do once they reach the Viator House of Hospitality. And a reminder, we're talking with Brother Michael Gosh today on Viatorian Voices, and I, I know we're going to have future conversations with him because there's so much to learn here. But let's talk about, uh, despite the journey, they arrive at your doorstep. They are um, at the Viator House of Hospitality. What happens then? How, how are they acclimated? What, what do they do while they're there? Okay, so... 
um, once we usually get calls from the shelters or from lawyers. Many of them have pro bono lawyers through a wonderful organization called National Immigrant Justice Center. They also have wonderful advocates um, from an equally wonderful organization called the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights. So either the Young Center or NIJC, National Immigrant Justice Center, or the shelters themselves will call us and say, hey, we have this kid who's aging out. Do you have space? And if we have space, we interview the young person. The young person, um, then I have to write a letter to ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, saying that we will take uh, sponsorship of the young person. He can come. This is what we can provide. And then usually ICE releases that person to us on the kid's 18th birthday. There we have case managers, and the case managers assess for a number of things. Right? Uh, they want to make sure they do have legal representation, which the majority of them do. We assess for educational, medical, mental health, dental, spiritual um, needs that they may have. And then the case managers and the young person put together a plan in terms of how they're going to begin to address a number of these issues. Um, what's important to remember is um, a lot of these young men, if not the majority of them, have all experienced some type of trauma, which is why they left. But at Vider House, we talk about three types of trauma, right? The trauma which forced the young person to leave his homeland, uh, the trauma that the person experienced on his journey, and then the trauma that the young person experienced going into detention and having all of his choices taken away from him. Um, and, I, you know, I speak about men, right? But Bethany House of Hospitality does the same work for young women. Um, so there are young women who are going through this very similar um, experience. Um, there aren't as many young women as there are men, um, but there are young women who go through this as well. And I assume that in either instance, this is not designed to be a long-term solution. You're not a, a place where they will reside for an extended period of time. Do you attempt to provide a transition for them to get them into the United States as a, as a resident? How, how does that work? All right. Well, sometimes we've had people there um, for a very short period of time, maybe six hours, because at the last minute, a sponsor, a family member has been found, but the shelter that the young person came from did not have enough time to fill out all the paperwork for that sponsor. Uh, but once they come to us at age 18, they're adults and they're free. And if they say, hey, Brother Michael, this is my uncle. I trust him. I know him. I want to go live with him. Uh, we'll call the uncle. Um, we'll have our own conversation with him. And then the young person can leave. Um, but we've also had people who have been with us for, it will be five years in October. Um, it depends on their case. It depends on their trauma. Um, we've had 98 people come to us. Right now we have 24 in the house. So 74 have been able to move on. Um, we've been able to help people set up some apartments um, so that they can begin to live independently. Um, we work with a couple of landlords who know us and trust us. Um, and we refer to this as second stage housing so that we can, when the young person is ready to go, we help equip the person with furniture, um, hygiene products, cleaning products, uh, linen, towels, things like that. Um, and then we will also help with first month's rent and security deposit. But in order for that to happen, the young person must have transportation set up and that person and person must also have employment. Um, the young people who are with us for longer periods of time, um, their, their cases are much more difficult. Once you file for asylum, your asylum application goes in. After 180 days, if your case has not been called, then you can apply for work authorization. 
And once that is approved, it's going to take two to three to four months, you can start working. But when many of our young people came to us, um, they had a hearing um, with a hearing officer about their case. Um, the lawyers felt that the young person was not yet ready. They didn't have enough documentation to back up their claims of persecution, and so they canceled the hearing. Well, once the hearing is canceled, um, then the clock stops ticking in terms of work authorization. Many lawyers thought, okay, we're going to cancel this hearing because they're not ready. We'll, hopefully it will be rescheduled in two to three to four months, five months. Um, but it turns out that five years later, the hearings still have not been rescheduled. Um, partly that was due to COVID. Partly it was due to a lack of um, personnel um, with the uh, United States um, Immigration Office. Um, so some of our guys have been waiting for a long period of time. Some of them also, the delay is because they're not really ready to talk about the trauma that they endured or that they experienced um, because it's re-traumatizing all over again. And so lawyers have to proceed very carefully, making sure that the young person um, can talk about it, can talk about it rationally, um, including all the details. Um, and some of them come from really horrific situations. And so um, it takes time. It takes time. For some of these guys who have been with us four or five years, I would love to get somehow um, a building, um, whether it's an apartment building in the Arlington Heights Displains area, where I could put three guys in one apartment, three guys in another apartment, three guys in another apartment, et cetera. And that would actually be a second stage housing building that we would then operate um, as we help these young men navigate um, their way to independence. Um, so that's kind of like the goal, but it's a long, arduous process. Some are with us a short time, some are with us much longer. Um, and we take our cues from them and from uh, their lawyers, and in some cases from some of their therapists. Um, I'm going to have to wrap things up here momentarily, Brother Michael Gosh, but thank you so much. But obviously there's a tremendous need to support the work you're doing. Where can people find out more and how can they contribute? Um, they can go to www.viderhouseofhospitality.com. Uh, there's a page there where people can contribute. They can learn more about it from our website. Um, or they can contact me at M-G-O-S-C-H at Viatorians. Com. Uh, fascinating discussion, and, uh, boy, I hope we can have you back to go into more detail. But uh, please do follow up, uh, as Brother Michael said, at Viator House of Hospitality and um, make a phone call. Let's find out what we can do to assist in this process uh, to really, really uh, support what is a great element of the Viatorian mission uh, being lived out here in, in our community. Thanks, Michael Gosh, for joining us. Thanks, all of you, for listening. We'll look forward to further conversations uh, in our upcoming podcast.